This is Jeff Eichel. I'm a senior market analyst covering, covering aeromedics and MTBE. I'm here with Simon Palmer, vice president of aeromedics, and Roel Salazar, our MTBE consultant. So thank you for joining us for this podcast on octane blending. Thanks, Jeff. So Simon Royal, um, what do you think first propagated the increased demand for aromatic octane components in the U.S. during 2022? Yeah, thanks, Jeff. It's a good question. Uh, really, it's much more of a naphtha story than anything else. You'll remember we were emerging from COVID um, and have a rather imbalanced recovery in terms of demand for uh, fuels products. And the Gulf Coast and Europe, to a degree, was wrestling with the surplus of light naphtha. Um, and the market was clearing into the steam cracking market in Asia. And then all of a sudden, in the uh, spring of 2022, that market fell off a cliff. Um, to illustrate, U.S. exports out of the Gulf Coast of light naphtha to Asia went from about 400, 450,000 barrels a day uh, down to about 100,000 barrels a day in the blink of an eye. And this gave um, U.S. refiners a real problem um, because you had this surplus of light naphtha building at a time when they were struggling to uh, produce gasoline with full Tier 3 compliance, um, which required them to do things that they hadn't done before. And so you got this curious situation where naphtha prices started to fall as gasoline prices started to rise. And generally, historically, naphtha and gasoline tend to move in at least the same direction. And what developed was a very large spread between gasoline prices and naphtha prices, which gave refiners and blenders a huge opportunity to blend light naphtha up to gasoline. And really, there are only very few octane components that enable you to do that. And Reformate and aromatic products are the components that you can do that with. So you had a over $2 a gallon incentive, which is more than $600 a metric ton incentive to blend naphtha up to gasoline. And that was really what propagated the pull on aromatic octane. Okay, thanks for that, Simon. What has changed in 2023 to help moderate the situation? Yeah, certainly things are better this year. I mean, if you remember last year, um, you had prices for uh, aromatic octane and reformate getting up well above six, even seven dollars a gallon. And we haven't seen those extremes in during 2023, certainly thus far. Uh, one of the big changes was that Last year, there was a huge incentive to drop as much good quality naphtha into the distillate pool um, because of the huge cracks that were available to refiners uh, for making diesel. And so a lot of good naphtha was dropped into the distillate pool. That's not happening this year. Uh, also, you know, you've had a year of learning with the refiners where they've been able to develop um, strategies to get much better value out of their naphtha pool by segregation and by processing of naphthas, which used to be uh, blended together and a lot of that value was lost. Um, refiners have also learned a lot more about what it takes to comply with full tier three requirements right across the fuels pool. 
and that's enabled them to tackle this year from a much better position. You have had some improvement in the market in Asia as well, uh, with a rebound in exports back up to maybe a couple of hundred thousand barrels a day. But in essence, uh, I think a lot of this is learning on the part of the, of the refiners and being able to make better use of the naphthas that they've got. Now, all this being said, we have seen reasonably strong spreads develop yet again between gasoline and naphtha, you know, not uh, above $2 a gallon, but certainly we've seen peaks around $1.50 and uh, also Reformate up to about $1.15 over gasoline. So it is more subdued than it was last year, but certainly there is still ongoing requirements for aromatic octane. Okay, very good. Um, what has been the impact on the recovery of aromatics products for use by the chemical industry? Yeah, that really is a great question. I think the reality is, is that um, the market for Reformate has been strong because of the reasons we've talked about. And uh, Reformate is the feedstock for most of the aromatics recovery that goes on here in the Gulf Coast. And therefore, high costs leads to a situation where the recovery of aromatics for the chemical industry just hasn't provided any uh, economic incentive and therefore has been significantly cut back. Um, we've also seen products like toluene and xylene back blended into the gasoline pool after they've been recovered. And we've also seen other products across the aromatic suite, such as ethylbenzene, cumene, paraxylene and cyclohexane even, bought out of the chemical markets back into the fuel blending market. One of the reasons why benzene derivatives have been uh, highlighted uh, aggressively by the blenders is that benzene has been comparatively cheap. Um, benzene has struggled price-wise to get above Reformate for most of the year so far. And because you can't blend benzene directly into gasoline, but you can blend the derivatives, those derivatives like ethylbenzene and cumene have been in demand by blenders because they've provided a much better value than any other component because the benzene piece of that is undervalued. Yeah, good. And Roel, let me ask you, um, what has been the knock-on impact on other components, including MTBE? Yeah, uh, due to the situations that uh, Simon discussed, uh, summer gasoline blending has become much more competitive. So we're seeing uh, high octane components uh, traded at, at higher values. And then on the contrary, we're starting to see uh, low octane, low RVP uh, or high RVP products uh, uh, trending at a, at a lower discount to, to, to gasoline prices. Uh, when it comes to MTBE, uh, the component is not blended uh, for uh, gasoline consumed in the U.S. It's it's only blended for gasoline exports. And what we see is whenever uh, there's a uh, a big demand for octane components, uh, let's say Reformit, Opulent, uh, it means that there's less of those products available for blending for the export market. So that's kind of where MTB comes into play. So uh, MTB normally is, is priced uh, much cheaper than, than Reformat and Opulate. And, and so blenders will look at this, this component for, for, for those exports. And as a result, uh, MTB 
does see some price report, uh, some price support from the Octane markets in general. The outlets for MTV are limited, so it, that's one of the reasons why it there's not a, a, a huge support for MTV because of the limited outlets. Uh, then uh, one of the things I would like to mention is that uh, uh, MTV is mandated in the metropolitan zones in in Mexico, so. They they need this 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 product. So sometimes whenever there's not MTV in the market, uh, MTV can be can go outside of octane blending fundamentals. I mean, if, if we're looking at what's going on currently in the MTV market, it's trading well above blend value. It's trading well above reformat and inoculate. But once once uh, supplies are stabilized, we can see MTV go down to the value of gasoline or even even below it. Okay, very good, thank you. Um, have there been any repercussions overseas? I think, I mean, certainly last year there were some tremendous repercussions. Um, Europe exports a lot of finished gasoline and components to the US, particularly the US East Coast. And the extreme values that we saw last year were reflected in pulling up the values of uh, both gasoline and blending components in Europe as well. This year it's been a little more muted, um, but certainly it's put a floor underneath the marketplace. Um, the biggest impact's really been more in Asia where um, a lot of uh, blenders and trader blenders position to move large quantities of aromatic blending components from Asia to the US in anticipation of the potential of a very strong uh, octane season uh, this year in 2023. Um, and certainly we saw quite a lot of volume moving uh, either as toluene, xylene, paraxylene, um, and um, that's kind of faded a little bit as the market has sort of uh, um, topped out. Um, but certainly it's made a difference to uh, Asian uh, producers who were struggling to place material into the petrochemical market. Okay, we're good. Um, you had mentioned earlier that uh, even some of the benzene derivatives were being affected. Can you describe some of the impacts? Yeah, this is, uh, in some ways, this is unprecedented. Uh, probably the biggest product that we've seen a major change is ethyl benzene, which is an intermediate for the production of styrene monomer. And that really had not been blended in any quantities at all in the past. And that really has seen a new lease of life um, for uh, direct into gasoline blending, where it's a high octane, low vapor pressure uh, component, which is highly valued by the blenders. And this coincided with a period where styrene demand was particularly lackluster in the petrochemical markets. So a lot of styrene producers who are able to have been making ethyl benzene intermediate and selling it in volume to the blending market. Uh, cumene also uh, has been blended in quantity this year, um, but cumene historically has been blended on and off um, into the marketplace. And normally it's a way of moving either inexpensive benzene into the gasoline pool, or in some cases with uh, cumene, uh, undervalued propylene 
uh, into uh, the blending market. Um, an anomaly we saw this year was the fact that there were quantities of parazylene moved from Asia into the US for blending, which we've really not seen before. Um, but that sort of uh, faded pretty quickly when uh, uh, the increases in octane value that some of the traders expected during Q1 really came a little bit later. Otherwise, we've seen um, cumene uh, taken back from the chemical businesses of an integrated refiner back into the blending side of the business. And we've also seen um, benzene hydrogenated in cyclohexane um, and then drawn back into uh, the blending side of the business. So it's had a number of different impacts. Okay, very good. And uh, what are you expecting for the future years? Ah, yeah, $6 million question. Um, I think in terms of uh, how this uh, um, has transpired and how it's progressed through from last year where it was uh, unprecedented and to a great degree unforeseen uh, by many refiners, uh, we're on a learning curve. And I think this year, as I've mentioned, things have settled down a bit. Uh, refiners have learned a lot more about how to comply with full tier three. Um, and also the trader blenders uh, are becoming more experienced around acquiring the full range of blend components. That being said, the petrochemical companies are also becoming uh, better educated and uh, able to get uh, a fair value for their products. So I think things have, uh, have gone some way up the learning curve and we expect that to continue next year. Um, we're also expecting that the cracking market in Asia will improve marginally during 2024. So clearing the naphtha market for exports into Asia should be a little easier. Prices should be a little better. Uh, we're also seeing some refiners on the Gulf Coast continuing to refine and improve their naphtha processing complexes. So we think that this will help as well. And also there are alternative sources of octane being developed um, in terms of not only alkalate, but also isomerate, uh, which will help provide more octane barrels to the blending market and therefore take some of the pressure off Reformate. Uh, I think in overall terms, you know, there's a learning process. Um, and as time goes on, uh, the ability of the refiners to react and adapt uh, always tends to solve these problems given the time. Okay, very good. Um, thank you, uh, Simon and Roel, for uh, the information today. And thank you for our audience for joining. If you have any uh, follow-up questions, feel free to contact Simon or Roel. Thanks very much, Jeff.